I think all of us are not immune to getting down the rabbit hole of Instagram or some other source and uh, kind of comparing our lives to, to other people. I'm of the strong belief that these social media platforms are there for us to voice whatever we want to be in our lives. I remember looking at LinkedIn and some of the other sources and saying, man, I have to start this stuff. I have to start this stuff because this is going to be the thing that sets me free. I didn't know how necessarily. I just yeah. knew that it would set me free. How do I start? And I think the answer is you just, you just start somewhere, somewhere, anywhere. Almost six years ago now, I started laying the foundation and people thought, oh, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Why? Why? And I would say, I just believe that it's going to set me free. John Marty. He's an entrepreneur, a creator, and a co-founder of Freedom Fund, an online platform aimed at helping others accelerate financial freedom through real estate. What's so amazing about John's mission is that he's on the same journey toward financial freedom as the people he's trying to help achieve it. But the road to get where he is today has been a bumpy one. After daring to become an entrepreneur in his early career, John went bankrupt and nearly lost everything. After that humbling moment, John was able to replenish himself financially through high-paying corporate roles, but he felt constricted by the limits corporate life had put on his time, the amount of money he could make, and his overall freedom. So he decided to break those chains by becoming a creator, building a community of like-minded individuals on LinkedIn, and investing with that community in real estate to create the money and time freedom he so craved. In this episode, John and I talk about how creating consistently creates compound growth, overcoming the shame associated with getting started, and how social media can help you skip the line to financial freedom. So without further ado, my name is Dan Russo, and this is Grow, the podcast where each week we bring on entrepreneurs, creators, and other inspiring guests to help you grow into the best version of yourself. John, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Dan. Awesome, awesome. Well, first of all, I am and have been uh, very excited for this particular interview. Uh, you are someone and a name uh, that I've been following for, for on LinkedIn for a long time. And when I decided to finally launch this project in this podcast, uh, you were like literally one of the top like five to ten people that I wanted to get on here uh, as a guest. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do it. And um, one of the reasons that I'm really excited to have you on here is because of your perspective on, uh, you know, sort of really kind of financial freedom, um, entrepreneurship, um, building a personal brand. There's so many things that I want to touch on. But before we get into any of that, I really uh, want to start with uh, the question that I, that I kick off all my interviews with with my guests. Uh, what was kind of the environment that John Marty was created in as a kid? Yeah, that's an interesting question, man. I mean, uh, pr pretty good environment. You know, I grew up, I grew up in Ohio, um, had a good childhood, you know, family, family was together. Uh, my dad was a physician and, um, 
you know, I just uh, kind of lived in, in the middle of Ohio, uh, you know, just regular kid growing up, just biking around and being in the woods. So uh, not, uh, you know, not, not necessarily like a groundbreaking childhood or anything, but, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a good time. I have a lot of fond memories uh, of, you know, how I grew up. And uh, I think we grew up in a different time back then. You know, I, I just turned 41. It was a time that and in an area that I could just ride my bike around the neighborhood and come back at like 5 p.m. There were no cell phones, you know. Um, we, we didn't have like the stranger danger stuff nearly as much as we. I think we do today uh, as parents. I mean, I have an eight-year-old, so yeah. Um, it, you know, we could just go explore, and uh, I, I think uh, that exploration gets lost as we as we get a little bit older. We, uh, we don't play like, uh, like kids anymore. We get into this, you know, I must, uh, be productive type of mentality and, uh, the creativity does tend to go away. And sometimes we think we, we can get into another job and the creativity will be there, but then it just falls into this normal path of, um, corporate related stuff and we lose a lot of that magic. So... I mean, that's a really interesting perspective because, you know, you're right. I, I love that you bring up the fact that there was not as many technological advances, right? Yeah. I, I feel like I kind of grew up on the cusp of, you know, your being like kind of like the last of your generation yeah. in terms of like, you know, that upbringing where, you know, I didn't have a cell phone, right? I grew up, I was born in 94. I'm kind of the tail end of the millennial, yeah. right? Like on the bridge between a millennial and Gen Z. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't grow up with a cell phone, but I also had Game Boys, right? So I had a kind of like a mix of like, you know, being having a handheld device, but also at the same time going out and recess at lunch and playing, you know, tag, freeze tag on my friends and, and, and exploring. So, you know, I had an active imagination as a kid. And it's really interesting because I think you're right. There's a lot of kids that, you know, are just have a cell phone in their hand from the time that they're six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. And while it's awesome that they have all this opportunity to go explore in a way that you and I didn't have, right, on social media and Web 2.0, um, you know, on TikTok and on Instagram, I think there's a there's a layer that's missing, you know, from being able to go and, and just, you know, ride your bike around the neighborhood or play man hunt or kick the can or whatever that might be yeah, um, yeah. so how do you think it's interesting because you know you're talking about um, sort of this upbringing where you didn't have all this technology um, yet you're someone who is um, you know built this incredible personal brand on social media right and uh, you know you have a podcast you have a YouTube channel talk a little bit about um, you know sort of your first interaction with you know social media and do you feel as though you've ever gotten sucked into it I'm just curious you know kind of the juxtaposition between you know, your childhood and, and some of the things that I see that you're doing, you know, on social media now. Yeah. I mean, I think one could look at social media in a negative light or one could look at it in a positive light. I, I, I see both sides of the coin and I think all of us are not immune to getting down the rabbit hole of Instagram or some other source and, uh, kind of comparing our lives to, to other people. But, um, you know, if I ever find myself doing that, I just, I just, out and I say to myself, okay, um, this is always the highlight reel. Uh, everybody's got their problems. Everybody's got their things. Even if you're a billionaire, right? Like Jeff Bezos has got his problems. Uh, and so we, we all, um, put our pants on the same in the morning, 
right? We're all human. We all have human experiences. And so I, I tend to look at the positive sides of social media much more so than, than the negative mm-hmm. sides. And for me, the positive side is the empowerment to be whoever we want to be and to skip the line, if you will. And our parents' generation had to kind of follow the systematic path. They had to follow the, I need to start at the bottom. I need to then go to the next level and to the next level. And still today in the generations we have today that are growing up, they are in the mindset of needing to systematically follow a path. And I don't believe we need to do that. Uh, I'm of the strong belief that these social media platforms are there for us to voice whatever we want to be in our lives. For you to have this podcast, this podcast for you, if you do this for a number of years, you will have the most successful podcast just by definition of staying with it. And you will meet so many incredible people over the years. You'll build such a, uh, a robust network that you will never have access to in a corporate setting. See, in a corporate setting, you got to follow the rules and the rules are arbitrary. It's Joe spent four years in this role, so you can't possibly get promoted to the next level unless you wait four years. And I say to myself, who sets these rules? These are ridiculous, ludicrous rules, right? Right now in your podcast, you are creating the rules. You are creating the network. You are creating your own reality. And that's the beauty of all of this, man. And I recognized this years ago. I remember looking at LinkedIn and some of the other sources and saying, man, I I have to start this stuff. I have to start this stuff because this is going to be the thing that sets me free. I didn't know how necessarily. I just knew that it would set me free. And for most people, if you stick with something like this for five years, five years, and you ask for nothing else in return, and you do it just for the sake of being creative, just for the sake of being like a kid again and playing and creating, you all of a sudden create this reality and you go, oh my God, all these things are coming to me. New streams of income are coming to me. I don't need a job. And it's so empowering to be able to say, I don't need a job. My job is me doing me. I love that. And and I love that. I mean, there's so much to unpack in that. So much. There. I mean, <laughs> so much. You, you, you literally just give like a TED talk, yeah. like a mini TED talk yeah. <laughs> in this episode, which is fine by me <laughs> because you're providing a lot of value to this audience. Um, I want to start with your analogy of skipping the line. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, you know, it's really tough to encapsulate what kind of this, you know, social media or the creator economy, whatever it is that you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to encapsulate what that has allowed sort of this generation, the people that utilize it to do. But I think you did that so, so well uh, in, in that analogy, skipping the line, because you're right. It allows, you know, people, you know, just use it, going back to the example, like me, like you, to kind of sort of break the rules, right? Yeah. That, that you know, corporate is set for us. Yeah. Um, right. And I really think that that is um, an incredible, um, you know, analogy to, to bring out there. Yeah. Um, something else that I want to touch on really quickly is uh, what you said, which is kind of toward the end there. It's interesting. You said that, you know, corporate has set these rules of promotions. You need to be doing this role for four years before you can get promoted. Yeah. Um, 
in it personally for you, how has social media, LinkedIn, the creator economy, personal brand, whatever you want to call it, how has all of those things allowed you to break free, you know, of, you know, kind of those arbitrary rule sets, whether it be corporate or just kind of the system in general, walk me through a little bit around your journey, um, you know, perhaps maybe in corporate and then, you know, how you were able to kind of break free. Yeah. So I knew that I just needed to start. And I think that's the biggest sticking, uh, the biggest problem for most people. How do I start? And I think the answer is you just, you just start somewhere, somewhere, anywhere, literally pick a day and you say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes here because 10 minutes on 10 minutes on 10 minutes over a year, one hour after another hour, after another hour, just putting in a 1% change per year or per day is a 3,600% compound change in a year. And I think people don't see the wow. compound return on an investment of something that they're passionate about. They don't look at their life as um, being able to enable those types of things or they feel too tired or what have you. And um, the way that I, the way that I you know, looked at all this at first, five, six years ago, almost six years ago now, I started laying the foundation. And people thought, oh, you're crazy. Why are you doing this? Why, why? And I would say, I just believe that it's gonna set me free. I believe it with like every fiber of my being that if I do this, I'm gonna unleash me. Um, and I just started. I created one YouTube video and that YouTube video took me forever to create, dude. I was, I literally, I had a green screen and all this nonsense behind me and logos and a logoed shirt and, and this stuff. And I, I thought that's what I needed. And, and really, I didn't need any of that. I just narrowed, yep. needed to start, but I did. Regardless, it doesn't matter because you make mistakes along the way. And, and the problem is we seek perfection because shame demands that we're perfect. Yeah. And so we're looking for perfection all of the time. And, um, and we feel like if we're not perfect, then we're not gonna be enough. And we need to conform for shame because shame demands conformity and perfection. And so, we get in this mental model of, well, I just need to follow the rules and I need to get my entry level job and I need to move up the ladder. And I said, that's fine. Let me pursue those things over here in this one bucket and right. let me pursue these other things over here in this other bucket, which is my social media presence. Start, yep. learn, keep going, keep growing. And all of a sudden, now, even, even last year, you know, I'd be in a leadership meeting with somebody at Amazon, right? Prominent figure, VP, what have you. And, um, and sure, they have a lot of influence, what have you. But I think about the influence they have. Their influence is in the sphere of maybe 100 people. Right. I have 280,000 people following me globally. My influence in just one post is bigger than 100 football stadiums. And I created that because I just started. And I didn't ask for anything in return. I just said, I'm going to start. I'm going to provide people value. I'm going to help people with whatever I can help them with. I don't even know what I can help them with. At the time, dude, I didn't believe I had any real inherent value to share. Yeah. I didn't think I was an expert. It's this, I'm not enough. I'm not yet this. I'm not an expert yet. I can't yet start because I need to be perfect. No, 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 no. Play that game in corporate. Do the thing. That's fine but then play another bucket over here. And so, man, I just kept on going. 
you just hit on so many of the things that I have told myself and I believe that many, many people out there, hopefully some people listening to this podcast, struggle with. I'm not enough. I'm not an expert. Um, you know, and, and therefore, with, with, with those self-limiting beliefs, you're right. We have to fall back into this um, sort of, you know, uh, character or, or identity that we build for ourselves that is a rule follower, right? Somebody who has to, you know, get the entry-level job and then progress according to each rung on the ladder, etc. It's something that I still struggle with, something that I still, you know, um, am, am actually kind of, uh, you know, sh you know, struggling with even in starting this podcast, right? I mean, it's taken me forever. It's taken me, I don't know, let's say four months really since I started like working on this, but it's been three to four years since I wanted to start this thing. And I never gave myself the permission to do it until recently. Right. Um, and I don't really know necessarily what that permission was. I'd probably have to go introspective and think about it yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little bit more. Um, probably a combination of things of, of being unemployed for the last several months and wanting to get, wanting to, you know, actually own something and, and create something again. Yeah. But it's I really think that so many people. It's societal permission. Say that again. Yeah. yeah. Because society exactly. wants us to fall in line, right? Yeah. We must conform so that we don't face shame. And conformity in each generation is slightly different. But our yeah. conformity is still start at the bottom, work your way up. No, 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 no. Start at the top, okay? Start where you want to be. Yep. Don't focus on any of those other layers. Don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough. Don't believe that you're not good enough. Just say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start right up here and set the biggest, scariest, most audacious possible goal for yourself. And every year that new audacious goal is something a little bit different. For me in 2014 when I was broke and I was working at Best Buy, the audacious goal was go from $12 an hour to making a six-figure salary. Six figure. Wow. I'm talking like baseline six figure. I'm talking like just break a hundred grand. Yep. That was an audacious goal for me because I was terrified to dream a little bit bigger than that. Then yeah. I got that job and I said, what's my next big audacious goal? Big audacious goal was double my salary. Oh no, no, no. The self-limiting belief rushes in and it says, no, John, you absolutely cannot do that. Why? Yep. Why? I asked myself, why can't I do that? I speak yep. back to myself. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, you know, my self-limiting belief, um, my 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 mind says, okay, well, I'll just explore. I'll exp let me let me explore the possibilities. What if? What if? So then I said, okay, well, looks like I might be able to parlay my American Express role into a role at a top tech company. How do I do that? I'm just asking questions. I'm constantly experimenting with different things. I'm constantly experimenting with how can I uh, test and learn? Could I get another role for this salary? And so I started applying. I started refactoring my LinkedIn profile. I saw a huge opportunity to showcase myself online to the world um, without having to kind of apply and pray for roles. I wanted opportunities to come yeah. to me, right? Social media allowed me to bring opportunities to me. So right. all of a sudden, Amazon calls me. They asked me for a role. Out of the blue, I didn't apply. And they said, would you be willing to go to a hiring event? Sure. I studied my ass off for that hiring event because they said, this is an opportunity. And if I don't get it, no problem. It has no connection to my sense of self-worth. 
I'm already enough, I'm good to go. If I get the job, great. I got the job. They two and a half X my salary from Amazon. Then I get into Amazon and I say, ah, okay, new perspective, new height. What might I do next? And I looked at the salary and I said, how do I double this? Great. I got an offer in 2019 for $450,000 from a 1,000 person um, mid-sized startup in, in Seattle. I actually, I declined the offer because I saw better opportunities at Amazon. And then from the perspective of Amazon and that level of salaries, I started to say, okay, what's the next big audacious dream? Okay, well, how do I make 10x my annual salary from Amazon? Answer comes back, no idea. But you know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna research the hell out of it. So I started researching it. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to get into real estate. I have this social media brand. I have this new horizon, new perspective, new belief in myself. Yeah. And from there, I said, well, I'm gonna do this real estate investment. And a lot of people with real estate investment, they start with one project and it's a slow burn. You know, after a couple of years, they finally get, you know, n, n number of properties. No, I don't even need my own money to do real estate. I'll raise other people's money. It's the quality of questions we ask ourselves that lead us to the right type of answers, the quality answers. The question yeah. is not, how do I use my own money to invest in real estate? Wrong question. How do I use other people's money to invest in real estate? And all of a sudden, so I, I create the website. I raised $6 million in the past three months. Three, three months alone, I raised $6 million. I buy $22 million in real estate in California. And all of a sudden, I leave Amazon seven months ago. My old salary, which used to be 4X, my American Express salary, which used to be like 100X my Best Buy salary, was no longer relevant. That's no incredible. corporation could pay me enough money to actually work for them anymore. Why? Because wow. every year I ask myself bigger, more audacious questions. And when the self-limiting belief rushed in to sell, tell me, no, you can't, I said, well, what if I can? I love that. So the formula really is set those big audacious goals. When self-limiting belief comes in and tells you that you can't do yeah. that, you ask the question, what if? Yeah. Just, just open yourself to the possibility that it could happen and do a little research, experiment a little bit. And it seems like through that experimentation, you'll be able to find the answer to get you to that belief. Absolutely, but there, it's a combination of something else too, man. It's a combination of recognizing that we are not our goals, we are not our mm -hmm. job title. It comes back to being enough already. Play the game, get the big salary, dream big. A lot of people are terrified to create a big goal for themselves because they feel if they fail, it is a reflection of their self-worth. No, 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 not at all. That's why a yeah. lot of people say grind in silence, right? No, I don't care about grinding in silence. I grind loudly. Right. I tell everybody what I'm doing because if I fail, it's not a reflection of my self-worth. I just failed. My goal failed. That's okay. Where did I get? Did I get further than I thought I might have gotten? Great. Did I not get far at all? Okay, what did I learn? I take a scientific method to my life. Yeah, absolutely. How do you, so for someone who is tied into their job, 
tied into their success, personal, business, etc., as their identity, right? For somebody who hasn't figured out how to separate those two like you have and like I feel like I'm starting to, how do you tell someone to start um, to, 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 to get that foundation? Um, is it you need this foundation first and then and then you can go in and do these things or is it kind of a, a trial by error? Like you build this, you build the separation of your identity and your success by and your self-worth by being able to, but you know, by, by going out and, and, and working on the projects, by doing the things. Yeah, so it's interesting. I think the best place to start is just asking yourself the questions. Mm. Why am I chasing success within this organization? What will it lead me to? It's gonna lead me to a couple things. I don't know what that is, but write it down. Or think about it, right. contemplate it. Put a moment aside each day. It doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just put a moment right. to, aside and just say, I'm going to go on a walk and I'm not going to listen to any music or I'm not going to have my thoughts racing. I'm just going to think about what my goals mean to me. And usually our goals attach to success and, and self-worth, right? If, if I get the better title, I'm going to um, be more successful. If I'm more successful monetarily, then I'm going to be happier. There's a tie to, to right. the word happiness. It's, it's usually very intertwined in there, right? I will be happy if. Everything is an if-then statement. If I get this, but what we do, tend to do is withhold the happiness from our lives too. Yeah. Right? So we withhold, we withhold. We say, if I get the goal, then I'm going to be this. Happier and have more self-worth. Huh? And be loved, right? Really, it's all down to being enough, feeling like you're enough. And then when you, when you actually rationalize that, like, why would I think that doing any of this would make me feel like I'm enough? I'm already enough. Right. It's like a ludicrous thing. When you actually boil it down to the statement and you say it out loud, you say, well, yeah. that is the stupidest thing in the world. Why? Why would I need any of this shit to feel like I'm enough? I don't. So chase the goals, do the things, that's fine, right? Go be successful, right? But, yep. um, but at the same time, just reel it back and, and, and just think every day, okay, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it yep. so that I can retire one day at 65? Wrong question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Another, another answer comes up. Is that the wrong question? You're constantly pressure testing. The societal, systematic pressure that is being put on us as humans to do things that we're not even subconscious, we're not even consciously aware of why mm -hmm. we believe what we believe, why we're chasing the things that we're chasing. You know, and it goes down to this analogy that you might have even heard, right? There's this fisherman, and some people say the story like originated in Puerto Rico, whatever. The story just yeah. started, there's the fisherman, he's sitting there and there's this busy entrepreneur and the entrepreneur says, well, I could get you, you know, funding and you could get some more boats and you could do all this stuff and we could grow your enterprise. And the guy goes, why? And the guy goes, for freedom. And the guy goes, but I already have freedom right here. I take like four hour naps every day. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's incredible. Freedom when? I think freedom when is a better question. And maybe it's not the yeah. best question, but for me, I looked at my life and I said, financial freedom, not at 65. Financial freedom now, right mm -hmm. now. How do I do that? Holy crap, it scares the hell out of me even thinking about that. 
but then a new answer emerged to fill this gap in my knowledge. I love that. I was just about to ask you, what is the question that you're asking yourself now? And I think that you answered it just now, which is, you know, freedom when? Yeah, freedom right? when. And, and I actually saw that you wrote a similar, you know, a little bit more um, to it than that, but in, in a post recently about financial freedom, right? The goal isn't, you know, to make this salary, right? It's to use your active salary whether it be in corporate or wherever you are, right? In bucket number one, right? To be able to achieve financial freedom sooner in bucket number two. And it sounds like the vehicle that you're doing that um, now um, through is real estate. Um, But I want to go back to something that you said, which is, you know, when you started with, you know, creating your social media presence, right? And everything that that's since that that's led you to, um, you know, you said, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, focus on bucket number one, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get the job. I'm going to, you know, work my way up in corporate, right? But you did that by asking yourself these audacious questions, right? So you even still went up the rungs in the ladder, but you did it differently than I think most people do because most people will get the job, stay in the entry level role, and maybe they'll make a a horizontal move to a different company. But for the most part, they're going to kind of just go up that ladder, right? Um, how do you kind of balance if you were giving advice to somebody that's that's in an entry level position or they're in the midst of you know a mid-level career in corporate right um but they want to start balancing that second bucket what would your um advice to them be whatever that second bucket is maybe it's creating a podcast maybe it's creating a social media presence maybe it's a side hustle um what would your your advice to them be to kind of be practical about it so that you can, you know, provide the life that you need to for yourself and your family, but at the same time to also create that time in your life to go pursue something that'll unlock yourself, that'll unleash yourself as you have. Yeah. So I think it, I think it comes down to the question of like when younger people get into the workforce, they falsely assume that the job is going to be the source of meaning, the wellspring mm. of fulfillment the job, <laughs> right? the corporate entity. I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to get the house. I'm going to do this stuff. And then at the end of the rainbow, everything's going to be great. There are too many variables that cannot be controlled in that world. And when people actually get into that world, what they see is the underbelly. They see the ants under the rug. They realize that they can't dream nearly as big as they want to dream. And so when people tell me they have big dreams. And I go, what are your dreams? They say, well, I want to be a VP in this company. Well, that's not really a big dream. Okay. Objectively, great. You're able to grow, but what has to happen in that world? You need a bunch of gatekeepers to tell you that you're good enough to pass. You deal with a bunch of arbitrary rules. You deal with the politics, the backstabbing, the nightmarish scenarios that happen in corporate America. I have so many young people that come to me and they're like, John, this is not what I signed up for. This corporate stuff. I thought I was going to have meaning and purpose and fulfillment. I thought I was going to be able to make an impact. And all I'm doing is pushing paper. I'm like, get used to it. It doesn't change. It doesn't change at any level. The speed at which you can grow is constrained by arbitrary rules. The speed at which you can grow your salary is constrained by arbitrary rules. Your salary is not a reflection of worth. Your salary is a game within a game. 
It has nothing to do with the value you deliver at all. All the time people ask me, how on earth is it possible that somebody in San Francisco or, or Seattle can make $400,000 as a product manager and how somebody in Colorado or in Ohio is doing the exact same role. In fact, possibly working harder and they're getting paid 80 to 120 grand. How? It's all a game. I had a, I had a person that, uh, that messaged me the other day and, and she, uh, she, she got on the phone with me for a coaching session. I do coaching every once in a while. It's not like a huge yeah. part of what I do mostly is real estate, but I love coaching people. And right. she says to me, John, I'm making $60,000 a year. And I said, screw that. Tell me your story. Let's refactor your story and refactor your mindset. And she goes, yeah. she goes, like, what do you mean? And so we started unpacking her stories. She just wasn't selling herself well. She didn't even believe in her, in her ability to go from 60 to 72. She was thinking about her life in an incremental salary-based step. She was thinking about her value as a person in the incremental salaries that she was being delivered by this company. All of a sudden, I refactor her in one hour. I changed her mindset. She just messaged me the other day and I posted this on LinkedIn today. She got an offer for 160 grand, three X wow. her salary, just because she refactored how she sold herself and she believed in herself. Okay. So getting back to your point, I feel like it is a moral imperative for us to create a personal brand for ourselves. And the word personal brand can be this, um, esoteric concept and it can even sound a little woo woo, you know, personal brand. Okay. Yeah. yeah what the hell does that yeah. even mean? Right. Literally personal brand is, is, is not a brand. It's not a logo. It's not logos on shirts. Like I started with, it's <laughs> talking about things you're passionate about and putting them out into the world. And people th think, talk about the word thought leader, thought leader. Also woo woo thought leader. I don't want to be a thought leader. Thought leader only just means sharing your thoughts with the world. That's it. You just share your opinions with the world. And you quickly realize when you do that, a lot of people don't believe what you believe. And you start becoming very comfortable with the fact that everyone in the world, even if you say the most positive thing, will give you shit for it. And you become more and more empowered. And you become, you become carefree about those comments. Where you see Jimmy Kimmel, uh, mean tweets, right? That's how I feel about these things. I get these mean comments all yeah. the time. John, you're a jackass. John, you're this or that. And I just laugh it off, dude. Who cares? That's one of the biggest thing that stops us. There's so much fear. I love that you are taking the naysayers and saying, you know what? I just don't care anymore. No. Because obviously, it, maybe it didn't start that no, way. No, it didn't. But you've been able to kind of build up this thick skin. Yeah around it by just continuing to do it and to put your thoughts out into the world. And you're absolutely right. Not everyone, you know, it's kind of funny. I think the, the, the saying is that, you know, not everyone's going to agree with you. In fact, I think the majority of everyone is going to disagree with you. You're going to have people that, you know, they just might not voice it. And the people that do voice it, you know, through over time, you're going to kind of build up a tolerance to that and not really care as much. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, um, 
I've experienced myself in putting myself out there. I've never had really like a troll, if you will, but I don't have a large social media presence. But I mean, even in, in just in my in my private or personal life, right, you're going to have people that don't agree with, you know, what you're trying to do. And I think, you know, you can't let that stop you from putting, you know, the things that you want to out into the world. Yeah. So I think that's a great point that you brought up. Um, something that I also wanted to touch yeah. on uh, in in what you just said was, you know, sort of this idea that, you know, you know, so you have bucket number one with the corporate world, right? Let's just call that bucket number one. Then you have bucket number two, right? And I love that you kind of put it around, you know, it has to be selfish pursuit bucket number two, right? Because, you know, you know, you're going to you're going to play the game within the game of this corporate world, right? But at the same time, if you can share the perspectives and the things that you're passionate about, that's what you have to do in bucket number two, because it's not going to be easy to... I would imagine, you know, balance that. And so it has to be something that you really care about in order to, you know, build that, you know, that that second, um, you know, passion project of yours as well, right? Yeah. I am, I feel like a kid in the playground with this podcast. Yeah. I do. This is my thing outside of my nine to five that I'm building. And I have no idea where it's going to lead. I think, I feel like I'm you five or six years ago, however many years ago when you started, just from how you've been describing it. Does that mean that I'm going to be, you know, have John stature in, in, you know, six years, who knows, maybe, maybe not, but that's not why. And it goes back to something that you were saying earlier too, which is, you know, you have to define the success by the things that you can control, right? The things that I can control with this podcast are by sticking with it and being consistent with it for a long period of time are just that are building a network are being able to be consistent in a project long term or, you know, learning things that I would have never learned, you know, if I hadn't had these conversations in the first place. I've already learned things in this conversation that I would have never had if I hadn't reached out to you. Um, there's there's kind of a duality that I'm noticing with some of the with two of the things, two of the messages that are underlying in, in, in this conversation so far. One is dream audacious. Go big. Right. Have these big goals, goals that make your stomach churn and that will make your self-limiting beliefs come back to you and say you're fucking nuts. (laughs) And then there's this other lesson that you said that you learned, which is, you know, growing um, slowly, one percent every day, compound growth over an extended period of time will lead to, you know, these massive changes in results and marginal improvements. Um, How do you balance the 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 audacious goal? with the putting in small amounts of work and steps every day how do you kind of kind of balance that macro vision with that micro day-to-day uh work ethic yeah it's a great question man i mean i i just uh i check in with the longer run goal every so often but i don't dwell on it and remember i don't i don't use that goal as a definition of my self-worth the attainment of the goal Right. Right. So I start from a baseline of I'm enough. I feel very grateful for where I am. Very grateful every day. Baseline gratitude. And baseline gratitude starts with I have electricity and I have a toilet that flushes down my poo poo in the morning. Okay. Because there are people who don't have that. Right. Baseline gratitude is having a roof, any roof over your head. Right. Don't live in a tent. Okay. And so I start there and I say to myself, I'm going to do everything I can today. End of the day, I'm done for the day. Good job, John. That's it. Good job. Right? It's not negative self-talk. I never speak yeah. to myself negatively. You did a great job today. Or you faced some things. All right. No problem. Right? 
go to bed tomorrow, have some coffee, wake up in the morning, take a deep breath, all right? Grateful, I'm not my goal, I'm already good, start my day, right? Every once in a while, out in the distance, I check in on my goal. Am I thinking big enough? But I'm not letting the goal like dictate like stress in my life. It's just a goal, right. it's just out here. If I get it, awesome. If I don't, I'm good, right? Are there times when you let that goal, um, you know, kind of unconsciously or, you know, you know, not on purpose that you let that goal spike your stress or, you know, that you do talk to yourself negatively um, or are you just so practiced at, um, you know, practicing that gratitude now? Are you so, um, you know, well versed in it that really it doesn't it doesn't do that anymore? It's a, you know, it's an interesting uh, concept here. I, it doesn't do that anymore, but it used to. I'm not immune to yeah. it. But it used yeah. to, I used to get very caught up with, oh man, like it, when I had my first company, I used to always get caught up with, oh my God, maybe I chose the wrong path. You know, maybe, maybe I did the wrong thing. Maybe I could have done this yeah. or that. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you, f- you feel that anxiety kind of bubble up and then, and then you, f- and then it builds and compounds, especially if it's late at night, your mind starts racing. You jump on Instagram, you see somebody else and your mind starts racing again. It just gets worse, right? And I've, I've, I've gotten myself to the point where I can, I can talk myself down from a, from a cliff. Um, not an easy thing to do, right? Uh, but, no, but just recognizing the feeling is there. Recognizing that um, uh, I, can, I can shift. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, I swipe it away. Yeah. And I say to myself, it's okay, John. Like, you're doing good, man. You do it. Yeah. Are you thinking big enough? Yeah. Are you working hard? Yeah. Right? I'm doing everything I can do in my control. There's things outside of my control that I can't do yeah. anything about. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting because what you just said right there, the, you know, talking yourself off a cliff late at night, the mind, you know, the thoughts are racing, comparison syndrome to somebody on social media, right? Um, it feels like you just described like what used to be my nightly routine for a while and still sometimes is, honestly. Uh, I'm somebody who oftentimes will talk negatively to myself um, because I don't feel like I'm achieving enough. I did it today. I set this audacious, ridiculous schedule today on my calendar. And every once in a while I fall into this trap. And when I went, when it was 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I'm starting to prepare for this interview. And I look back at the schedule and I'm like, there's like, seven major projects (laughs) on this schedule today. I should have probably picked one or two for each day of the week to work on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I was like, no wonder I'm frustrated with myself (laughs) because this is an impossible task list for anybody to handle. So I think it's also about managing and setting expectations with yourself too, and setting yourself up for that success so that you're not putting yourself in a, you know, behind the eight ball or in a hole, you know, from the get go too. So I really love that. That's what you, you know, that's something that I've noticed within myself too. If there was one thing, a lot of everything that you're saying comes back to this belief that you are already enough. Um, if there was one or two very practical things that you could tell someone to do on a day to day basis to get them from not believing that they are enough to believing that they are enough as they are right now, no, you know, you know, today, nothing else added on to them. Um, what would you, what would you say? Man, the most beneficial thing 
that I've done or implemented in my life is reading. People always look for mentors mm. and it's so important for us to just sit there and read, read the stories of other people. That's what I do all the time. I've, I mean, I've read hundreds of books over the past couple of years. I've educated myself on all these topics of not being enough and happiness and purpose. None of it comes quickly. They're all subconscious societal things that push up against us to tell us what we should be, what we should need, what we should want. And we're all looking for mentors, but nobody has any time in this world that we live in. But the best mentors in the world are the books because these books take people years to write. Mm -hmm. And they put everything they know in their lives in 200 pages that I can digest in seven or eight hours. What magic that we have access to that nobody takes advantage of. I mean, the the statistics on reading are so uh, uh, sad. You know, everyone gets into the same rut in life. Then we hang out with the same people every day, especially at work. We see the same things every day. Then our brain does an amazing job at turning everything into autopilot mode. So all of a sudden we go through the entire day and you go, my God, like what just happened today? I'm just a taskmaster doing a bunch of stuff. I'm not in, infusing new ideas into my brain all the time. Mm-hmm. So the idea here is just pick up a book on a topic that is of interest to you about your life, about bettering your life and read it. You don't have to finish the whole thing. You can skim through parts that are totally uninteresting to you, but just expand your thinking, expand your capacity. And the more you do that, the more you become creative. And we have to break out of the lack of creativity in our lives in so many ways. And I think reading does that for us. John, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, in the last year, I've started reading a lot more, and I think it's incredible how much I haven't personally taken advantage of these mentors that you're, you know, you so rightfully call them, right? These authors, and you know, all the lessons that they've learned, um, you know, in their lives or in chapters of their lives. Um, and I've found a real difference in, I think, building up my own mindset around these things too. And I've noticed the growth within myself. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I have two final I'm questions ready, that man. I want to ask you. <laughs> and uh, but first, I want to acknowledge you uh, for being transparent, um, kind, and just really insightful throughout this entire um, interview. I can feel the intention with which you've answered each question, and so I just want to thank you uh, and just say that I'm grateful for how you've showed up uh, in this interview. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, man. Of course, of course. Uh, final two questions. Um, the first one is: um, What advice would you give? Um, to someone who is starting out on their journey, and perhaps it's a combination of the things that we've talked about already, and if you wanna repeat them, then that's okay, but starting out on their journey of sort of creating um, you know, that, that second bucket, or um, you know, wants to become a creator or build a brand like you have. Yeah, as, f- as far as the creator piece goes, the biggest blocker is going to be shame and the conscious recognition of what shame demands is the start because it is subconscious we don't know why 
we feel that we're in a box. We don't know why right. we feel we have an invisible wall. So we want conformity and perfection. And so if we realize that some of the most successful people in the world are the ones who don't conform and the ones who are okay with imperfection, then we start to say, geez, you know, then maybe that's okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's all right. Maybe I don't have to fear this stuff. The invisible wall is no longer there. It's just, I can walk right through. So uh, the recognition of what shame demands is, is, uh, is an important factor to, to break through starting. Um, speak to yourself positively. Make a video. And if you think it sucks, that's okay. You, what did you learn? Well, did you become a better speaker during that video? Did you learn a couple of video editing skills? What did you get better at? Great, pat yourself on the back. And then tomorrow, get 1% better again. I love that. Last question, John. How do you define growth? Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many ways to grow. I, I think that there's, there's different resumes in life. We have a growth uh, from a home perspective. We have a growth from a career mm -hmm. perspective. Um, defining growth, I think, is a, is a tough thing. It's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, it, it's, it's whatever makes you feel good. I think it all comes down to a matter of perspective. One person might be growing at 1% uh, at, at a year or a day, or one person might be um, totally fine with their day job, right? They've stagnated in their day job, and they've done it intentionally because maybe all they want to do is, you know, pursue some hobbies on the side, and, and they're content. Great. Um, for me, growth, I, I like to constantly grow exponentially. I like to think about exponential growth. Um, from a from a career and financial standpoint so it's a it's a good question man i think you could mull it over quite a bit i don't know if that's a good answer or not but uh no that's a great answer john thank you so much for again just being here and pouring all of yourself into this interview um i wanted to talk more about freedom fund really quickly give us a little plug about freedom fund how can people get involved with it and where can people find you yeah man uh so Freedom Fund, it's just uh, www.freedomfundinvestments.com. Uh, started it in, in early September. A uh, lot of information on the website. People can register and plug into some of the investments uh, that we have. We're, we're crowdsourcing these single-family houses, and uh, the minimums are really low. And so we're just trying to lower the barrier to entry on investments that were not really available to the masses. And, um, and, and to try and help people build financial freedom. So check that out. And you can check me out on YouTube, just John Marty. You can check me out on LinkedIn, John Marty. Pretty easy to find. So that's it. Awesome. John, thank you so much. We covered so much in this conversation, and yet I feel like we could go on for two more hours. So I hope to get you back on here uh, at some point in the future and kind of maybe make like a, a part two. I love it, <laughs> man. I'll episode. let you know where the journey leads me. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for being here. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Of course, man.
Hey guys, thank you so incredibly much for listening to today's episode. It means the world to me, and I'm so grateful for any member of this audience. If you found today's episode valuable, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're listening to this show. Subscribe to the show, rate us five stars, and drop us a review if you can. It would mean the world to me. Remember, you are valuable, you are worthy, and you are already enough. Now let's go out there and grow together.